Praise the Lord. Um, for those joining us for the first time, you've come at the end of a series we started four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, we started by um, um, looking at a series titled How to Be Rich. And we thank God for um, everything that God is doing. We thank God for everything that God is doing. At particularly everything that God has done and is still doing. I mean, um, by the God doing again service, the last one. You know, the testimonies are just amazing. A uh, sister that came forward that said that um, she had a problem for 11 years. You know, some, some of us, we didn't really praise God. You know, if she begins to tell you what the problem that God delivered her from was, you probably jump from your seat and begin to dance. Praise the name of the Lord. And we can never thank God enough. We can never thank God enough. No, we cannot. Amen. So we started this series and we are um, looking at, we looked at part one, part two, part three, part four, and we usually we start by asking ourselves a question which we will we will encourage us to get responses from our neighbors, the neighbors that we know their names now. So the, the, the question that is being posed to us today is, is, is simple. It is, imagine your annual income if you are um, a professional, you have, you have a job that pays you salary at the end of the month. By the time you multiply what you take every month by 12, add all the upfronts you've collected, that will give you your annual income, right? Good. Imagine what your annual income is. For a businessman, um, you could do a projection of how much money you're trusting God to make. Or if you use last year's revenue, that this is my, and this was my annual income last year. Or this is the annual income this year that God will do. Imagine that for a moment. Think about it. How much is that? Think about it. Do you need a calculator? Some of us. Just think about it. You are not telling anybody that amount, but think about it. I want you to, to think about that amount. Someone is doing like this. Yes, yes. Calculate it. Now, that amount that you have thought about as your annual income, we are getting to the end of the month, right? If God gives you that whole annual income, apart from whatever you get for this month, God gives you that whole annual income at the end of this month. Once. Bam. Together. What will you do with it? Ask your neighbor, what will you do with it? You to tell them what you do. The summary, summary, the big picture. A man that is sitting beside his wife. The wife say, "What will we do with it? I will take care of you." <laughs> I love Barry. <laughs> President of the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we have the responses now. What did your neighbor say? What did your neighbor say? What's it? Okay. Anybody at the gallery this time around? What did your neighbor say? There's a hand at that corner. What did your neighbor say? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. She said she will remove her first fruit, her tithe, and she will save some and then she will step up her level. She will step up. <laughs> that's what she said last. But I bet that's what she will do first. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. What did your neighbor say? What did your neighbor say? Who wants to volunteer the information? What did your neighbor say? Oh, yeah, now. What did your neighbor say? Okay, yes, sir. My neighbor was my wife. <laughs> what did she Instead say? Instead of saying something, she asked the question, and the question was, would I take care of her with the man? <laughs> the question was what? Would I take care of her with the money? 
will you take care of her with the money? Ah, what will she do with the money if it is her? She wants to secure her own first. <laughs> okay, thank you, sir. Um, what did your neighbor say? Anybody else? What did your neighbor say? Will you take care of Yes, sir. Right here. Please wait for the mic. She's going to give a big part of the portion to the church. Yeah. Let me see you. <laughs> okay. Praise the name of the Lord. And you see, and, and, and the, 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 the access can go on and on. And on the first worship experience, somebody says, oh, I will buy a new laptop. Amen. <laughs> I did say in the first worship experience that, you know, some of you, you are going to buy an X5. And somebody came to me and said, Pastor, that was exactly what I said. I said I was going to buy an X6. Well, I was close. <laughs> Five and six. The first part of the series, we looked at good news, bad news. And we did say that the good news is that you're rich. The bad news is that so you are rich. So if you are rich, shout hallelujah. If you are not rich, say amen. Ha! Yes. <laughs> now, the, it's good news that you are rich. It's bad news that you are rich. It's good news. It's bad news. It's good news because, of course, God wants you to have the money for your enjoyment, and for many other things he wants you to do with it. That's good news. The bad news is that one of the greatest challenges you will have spiritually is money. The greatest contender for your heart with God is money. The acquisition, the, the retaining, the multiplication of it, it is money. It, it, is, it is what challenges our priorities the most. Why? Because money gives us options. Gives us options. Praise the Lord. And the, the, the week after that, we looked at part two, which is the deceitfulness of riches. And we said wealth is deceitful. Wealth is deceitful because it's, wealth always promises what only God can deliver. Wealth promises what God can deliver. Wealth will promise you joy, but it's only God that can deliver joy. Wealth will promise you health. Oh, if I have good money, I go to this good hospital, I go to India, I go to America, I go to... People that have been flown to India, they come back with their coffins. Don't you know that? It is only God that can guarantee your health. Wealth always promises what only God can deliver. People say that I've heard couples say it. I've, I've, had, I've said it myself years ago. You know, erroneously, of course, and God showed me a better way. That only if I had enough money, my marriage would be more harmonious. My marriage would be better. If you have married here and you've thought like that before, like I have thought like that before, let me see your hand up. Put it on your hand. If you are married here and you didn't put up your hand, God will forgive you of your sins. In <laughs> Jesus' name. We all, I mean, maybe you are very spiritual, I don't know. We all, I, I used to think like that. We all have, have struggled with that. Oh, that if I have more money, I'm able to, then all this tension will stop. All this, you know, listen. Those tensions are to reveal who you really are in your heart. Money is only, like we said, an amplifier. Money is an amplifier. If you don't have enough, a lot of money and you have peace and joy in your marriage, when you have a lot of money, what will happen? It will be amplified. If you don't have money and you are always fighting, you have civil war every time. When you have money, what will happen? It becomes World War, World War III. <laughs> because Money 
only amplifies the issues. And last week, we looked at rich givers, big givers, rich givers. And we explained last week that we have to be intentional about giving. If you are going to be big givers, we are going to be rich givers, we have to be intentional about giving. Money doesn't always automatically go from you to the person that is poor. You have to be intentional about being a blessing to people. You have to deliberately do it. And we, we explained that we have to be intentional in giving to God what belongs to God. Your tithe, as we said, does not jump from your account to church's account automatically. Does it? Except there's a standing order. So what do you do? You deliberately. Why? Because God can do more with 90% than I can do with 100%. God can do more. In fact, we, we, we said last week that let's take a tight challenge. There are some of us, we've never tightened before. We've never ever tightened before in our lives. And we said, and you are like suspicious of this tightening thing. That these people, is it that they want my money? <laughs> like I said in first worship experience, I'm not saying this with arrogance. I'm saying with holy humility in my heart. Whether you pay your tithe or not, God's work will continue in God's very house. So it's not about your tithe. Like Paul said, for me, I want fruit to abound on your behalf. That's what he said. Now, we said, but you want to, you are saying, I am saying, I'm your pastor, I'm saying, do a tithe challenge. What does the tithe challenge mean? Say, I'm going to tithe for three months. If God does not come faithful in three months, pay your tithe by checks and put tithe challenge at the back. If God does not come faithful in three months, we'll refund your money. Is that a good deal? And that is not original. Some people say, why is Pastor talking like this? Is that, is, that, is that the Bible? Yes. God says, test me in this. Everybody say, test me. God says, test me. Put me to the test. God, that is the only place in the Bible that God says, test me. God didn't say, test me with any other thing. But when it comes to your money, why? Because your money is the number one contender with God. And God is saying, you test me and see. If you say you want to test God, you want to walk on water, don't test God so that you don't drown. If you say you want to test God, you want to command stones to become bread, please look well before you take the first bite. Your teeth may get broken. If you say you want to test God, you want to jump from the story building, don't test God. But when it comes to your tithe, God says what? Test me. And we said you pay your tithe to your local church. The tithe is not... God expects us as Christians to be benevolent. God expects us to do good works. We've, talked, we've been talking about that from the beginning of this series. We need to do good works. We have to do good works. And we continue to do good works. But your tithe is not for the homeless. That's benevolence. If you give what you call your tithe to the homeless, you have not tithed. So what is your tithe? Where does your tithe go? It goes to your church. That's what the Bible says. I mean, I've, I've shared with you this. It was young, two young men came to see me. I mean, I can see one of them here. I don't know if the other one's there. And, you know, and we're talking. And I saw, as we're talking, I just saw on the table, on my table, I didn't tell them this. I'm sure they are hearing it for the first time. I just saw on my table, written in the spirit realm, tithe. Ah, I said, tithe. I said, oh, God, are you guys paying your tithe? One of them said, ah, God showed me in the dream. That I have not been tithing. I said, ah, well, go and be tithing. And he, he was willing to begin to tithe. And I said, and he told me the church he was attending. And I said, no, don't bring your tithe here. Take your tithe to your church. And he looked at me strange. I said, yes, take your tithe where? To your church. That's where your tithe belongs. Praise the name of the Lord. So we have to be intentional. Give us everything intentional. And we are to give according to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. 
according to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, give this away. You, you do what? You give it away. No, you can never outgive God. And I give several examples of my wife and I, you know. Several examples. I give one example, which I'm going to give you again now, of I was driving a car. It was my wife's car. She bought it with her money. And she bought it brand new. She didn't buy it Tokumbo. Brand new. It was, I think, she hasn't even done one year or something. I was driving the car. And as I made, I was about to make it turn out. And I saw a lady. And the Holy Spirit said to me, give that lady this car you are driving. If this person says that to you, what will you do? Tofia! Get it behind me, Satan. And the said, give it to And I go home. I said to my wife, Thus says the Lord. I should, we should give this car to this person. You know what my wife said? Okay. Ah! May you marry a wife. That is a correct wife. <laughs> Not a girlfriend. Some people are looking for wives, they are married girlfriends. She said, okay. So we gave her the car. Now, what am I saying? You give according to the what? Prompting of the Holy Spirit. Then we take it up from there. Today, as we round up, we need to understand that. This series, How to Be Rich, is not about how to get rich. It is about how to what? Be rich. There are two different things. I'm not teaching about how to get rich. I'm teaching about how to be rich because you are rich already. Say amen. amen. Uh, you are going to be richer and richer, of course. But we are not even talking about how to be richer and richer. I'm talking about how to be to be rich. How to be rich. Now, there's no, I don't have a problem with people prospering. Some people have a problem with Christian prospering. Have you noticed? They criticize Christians for prospering, saying all sorts of things because of the abuse in the church. And rightly so. But the truth is, everything that God has blessed man with, man has abused. Everything that God has blessed man with, man has abused. God saw Adam in the garden and said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will give him a what? A wife, help, meet. And men continue till today to abuse women. So what's the problem? What should we do? We should get rid of all the women in the world. So that, that's the problem. Of course not. Of course not. Ordinary food that God gave man to eat for his nourishment. Men abuse food. Have you seen people eating? Eating, eating. They're like this. See, I, I was speaking to somebody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And they say, ah, I'm pastor. I don't, I don't know where all this fat came from, oh. And I don't eat a lot. Oh. Meanwhile, while I was standing there, she has ordered for something. This cook is taking too long. She had a cook that was supposed to deliver something. This cook is taking too long. You know, at the food came. And I don't eat a lot. Oh. I said, if you want to eat a lot, go. Ordinary food, we abuse. So what's the solution? Get rid of all the food. Everything Every revelation God has brought the church into to bless the church, there will be some people that will abuse it. There will always be people that will abuse it. That does not remove the fact that God will prosper you. Say amen. amen. Well, more and more. Holiness came. Holiness preaching came. Holiness, 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 holiness. People abused holiness preaching. To the point that if... I was, 
give this illustration of the first worship experience. If a woman sits on this chair, for instance, then she gets up. I have heard teachings, holiness teachings, that says that a man cannot go and sit down there because he will get defiled. I say, eh. Hey. Is that not an abuse? Is that what the word of God says when he's teaching holiness? Is that what the word of God says? Of course not. When the revelation of intense baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost came, people abused it. People will, in fact, I've also been known people that says, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, if you want to learn how to speak in tongues, they will teach you how to speak in tongues. Say, ah, ah, ba, 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 ba. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm not making these things up. I'm some of you are aware of what I'm saying. Am I, am I lying? In fact, when I got saved, I did, I, I said to the Lord, I'm not interested in this thing called the Holy Ghost baptism. Why? Because of the abuse, which is the problem. We, we, we throw away the baby and the bad water. I said, I'm not interested. But the more I read the Bible, the more hungry I became. For the Holy Spirit. And one day, alone in my room, I said, I'm not going for anybody to lay hands on me. If you want to baptize me, baptize me here, alone in my room. Alone in my room, I asked God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Boah! I was speaking in tongues. Now, can somebody now tell me that one is fake? Of course not. My point is this. Don't throw away the baby and the bad water. God until you embrace the fact that God wants you to prosper. You may not prosper. If you are angry at people that are prospering, you will attract what you honor. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I was sharing how a colleague of mine says, oh, you know, you... In, in Nigeria, in Nigerian churches, there's always warfare, you know, you're always praying against the devil. You know, I know that some people have abused that. Everything is fall down and die. Fall down and die. Everything cannot be falling down and dying. If everything has fallen down and died, all of us will not be here today. Because you don't like somebody, you call the person's name at midnight, fall down and die. Fall down and die. Listen, while there's nothing necessarily wrong with praying violently, but there's an abuse of it. So I said to this lady, she was saying to me, Oh, Pastor, when I was in the UK, we never used to pray like that. We used to pray bread and butter prayer. Oh, I said, eh. She didn't say bread and butter, it's me that bread and butter. I said, The demons that we are facing here. It's different from the world in the UK. <laughs> the ones here only answer to fire. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The one in the UK, technology, the answer to technology sometimes. So. But the one like, let me give you an example. Ha! There's one of our ministers. A mom had a conflict with someone. In Ibadan. And <laughs> they did something to her. Everyone said something. For those watching on the internet, you may not know what something means. What was the something? <laughs> Every house she lived in just catches fire from nowhere. A house in Ibadan burnt down. She moved to her own mother's house, that is our friend's grandmother's house. The house caught fire, burnt down. They brought her back to Lagos to, I think, to some prayer ground. <clears throat> I don't want to mention the name of the church, so that the problem is not the church. I'm just trying to say she was in a hotel in that prayer ground. 
in the prayer ground, the hotel caught fire. The church people told her, Madam, come and be going. She went to her daughter's house in the Bermuda From nowhere, the house caught fire. But the, the daughter's house didn't burn down because she engaged the spiritual and she nullified it. So every house was catching fire. So, temporary measure, we took her to someone, someone's house. And they called me and I came there. And the person was like, Pastor, I hope my house will not catch fire. <laughs> and I assured him that, don't worry. Your house will not catch fire. And we just made spiritual pronouncements for that house till morning. So that we understand what we will do for this matter. In the morning, when the morning came, what we did was simple. We did somebody hold this cloth here, hold that cloth here, hold that cloth here, hold that cloth here. So we said, Mama, use your leg and walk into that place. And we declare the place, the secret place of the Most High. We say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this becomes the secret place of the Most High. It is written, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. So as a prophetic declaration and prophetic dramatic display. We said, Mama, walk from here to there. It took her about 30 minutes to walk from somewhere like this to somewhere like that, but we waited. When she got into that covering, we sealed it. That was the end of the fire. Till today, no fire. They are saying, Pastor, you, are, you pray too much. You know, people have said to me that you pray too much. You people, you pray too much in that church. I say, okay. It's because, you see, when Jesus says, I have come to preach the gospel to the, to the, to the poor, the opening of the eyes to the blind, what is the gospel to the blind? Sight. Deliverance to the captive. What is the gospel to the captive? Deliverance. So we have people that have eyes. Because they have eyes, they are angry that the church is ministering to the people that are blind. We have people that are free. Because you are free, you are angry that we are ministering to people that, that need deliverance. I'm almost tempted to say that, Lord, please let them taste little tune. But I won't do that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We have to be patient with one another. We have people that, because you have money, you are impatient with people that are struggling. Why? Because you think that if they are daft, that's why they are struggling. You don't know that except the Lord builds. They labor in vain that builds. Praise the name of the Lord. So, what am I saying? You need to embrace the truth of the word of God as is. God says, Jesus became poor so that you, through his poverty, can become rich. To become rich in God, you have to come through the poverty of Jesus. What does that mean? Now, we are not talking about how to get rich, but I will say this. That means you have to submit to Jesus. Jesus puts it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So what does it mean? It means seek first the kingdom and the righteousness. So being rich is one of the greatest spiritual challenges you are going to face. It is. And the question we asked you, which is, if you get a windfall of your annual revenue in one month as an additional income, what will you do with it? It's a test. 
God is testing you. He said to your neighbor, God is testing you. In Luke chapter 16, Luke 16, 10 to 11. Luke 16, 10 and 11. The word of God says in Luke 16, 10 and 11 that if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, some people are even dishonest with God. You won't be honest in greater responsibilities. And it goes on to say that if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, we will trust you with the true riches of heaven. So God is testing you and how you respond is critical. It's critical. A case in point, we explained why 10%. Because 10 is the number for what? For testing. For testing. We explained all that last week. Some people don't have a problem tithing. 50K, they get 50K, they tithe. God increases them. It becomes 500K, they tithe. God increases them, it becomes 5 million, they tithe. God increases them, it becomes 50 million, they say, wait, what are they even doing with this tithe? The struggle is a test. You know, God wants to know your capacity, where you can gauge rich. They say, 50 million, that's too much. You don't tithe, they bring it down. 10 million. You don't like they bring it down. Five minutes, you tie to say, okay, keep, keep him there. It's a test. Everyone says a test. Luke chapter 12. Luke 12, 16 to 19. Luke 12, 16 to 19. The word of God says in Luke 12, 16 to 19, it says, Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know I will tear down my bands and big, build bigger ones. Then I will have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods and I will sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy. Everybody say, take it easy. Jollof. Everybody say, Jollof. <laughs> Eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> what shall I do? Verse 17, he said, whenever you find yourself Asking the question, what shall I do? Be sure that heaven is saying, let's see what he will do. Let's see what she will do. Every time you get an increase or you, or you have a breakthrough or this, or, and, and you're wondering, oh, this morning, what, what will I do? Be sure that heaven is also saying, what will he do? Or what will she do? And that is the prosperity test. How to fail that test is simple. This man shows us clearly how to fail the test. How do you fail the prosperity test? Simple. Believe that the more is always for me. To fail the test, I believe that the increase God gives is always for, for me. So, let's say this is your income, this is your livelihood. God increases your income. Many people, you know what we do? We increase our livelihood to match up. You know, that lady says, I will step up. <laughs> to, <laughs> we step up. We match up, right? Then you come for a program like the God will do service. Awesome program. The heavens are being rent and blah, 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 blah. You know, Things happen and God gives you a breakthrough and you, your income increases. What do we do mostly? We step up. 
Then God increases you again. Then what do we do? We step up. Then after a while, heaven says, wait a minute. Why is this child always asking for breakthroughs? What has he done with the one we gave him? What has she done? And it's, it's a sobering question, you know, you know for, for, for me and, and for you. It's a sobering question because if you will stop even this half year, we are almost halfway through the year, right? If you will check how much God has blessed you with, can you really account for it? Really? He said, Pastor, it's not much. Don't be quick to say it's not much. Get your bank statement. And do the math. And if you check this passage of scripture that we read, this man, 12 times, he used I, me, my. It's all about him. He says, what should I do? I don't have enough room for my crops. Then he said, I know what I will do. I will tear down my bands and build bigger ones. Then I will make, have enough room for my, for my goods. Then I will sit down. Then I will say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for many years. Come. Now, take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. I don't have enough room for my goods. Who says they are your goods? The problem we have is that we see what we are in custody of as belonging to us. That's the problem we have. Assuming as I was driving that car that day, Assuming the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit said, give this car to this person. Assuming I felt the car was mine. Would I be able to give it out? Oh, my wife thought the car was ours. We should be able to say, okay, there's nothing you have that was not given to you. Nothing. So, so why would you be proud because you have money? The money is it your own. If the owner asks for it, call. What will happen? Praise the Lord. Sobering. And God needs us to understand this. Why? Because when we don't respond properly, regardless of how we respond, heaven also responds. If you respond properly, heaven also responds. If you don't respond properly, heaven also responds. Not long after that, God has done huge, amazing things. But one that I'm remembering right now. I was driving, and a man was chasing me just, just after service. And I, I looked at my rear mirror. I saw someone was chasing me. You know, when you're driving in Lagos, you have to be checking everywhere. I said, this guy, who is this guy? I don't know the car. I changed my lane. He changed his lane. He's flashing me. I was tired from church. I took a turn, he took the turn. I said, finally, I'm going to enter the estate I stay in, and that's the end. As I entered the estate, he entered the estate. You know, I had to slow down. He just came and cornered me. I didn't have any fear in my heart. I didn't, I didn't even think it was robbery or anything. I was like, what, what does this guy want? He came out of the car. I said, oh, pastor, pastor, pastor. So I've seen him before in church. I said, oh, hi, how are you doing? He says, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. <clears throat> I've been trying to flag you down. My mother said, I know, I know. So go to the point. What is the problem? You know, I thought he would say, oh, my wife needs prayers. Can you go and let us pray, you know? And I was like, God, I'm tired now. Can't people just let somebody rest, you know? That was what was going through my heart. But the next thing he said, I had a lot of energy immediately. <laughs> right there and then, he said, I'm giving you five million naira. Take. He says, I will bring it. He didn't say take. But he brought it. But he said, I just want you to know. I want to give you five. I said, for what? He said, God says I should give you. I said, okay, I like that one. 
Now, the point, my point is this. My point is this. How you respond determines how heaven responds. Now, I know some of you, all you've heard in that story is pastor that just likes money, that doesn't like to pray with people. Is that true? Come on. <sighs> people are very funny. Listen to me carefully. How you respond determine how everyone responds. How that man responded determine how God responds. Verse 20 to 21. The word of God says in 20 to 21. It says, God said to him. What did God say? You fool. You will die this very night. Then we will get everything you worked for. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich what? Relationship with God. When you get that windfall, it's a test. When you get the promotion, it's a what? It's a test. God is testing you. And I'm praying that you will pass the test in Jesus' name. As a pastor, you know, I'm excited because, and I'm also, I'm burdened and I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited because I'm seeing people passing the test. I'm burdened because I'm seeing people stumbling at this test. But I'm praying that you will pass the test. In Jesus' name. I've heard over and over and over again, pastors preaching about wealth transformed. I'm sure you've heard it before. And back in the day, when I hear about it, my mind, I'm like, why are these people saying wealth transfer? Why would God take something from somebody that has worked hard for it and now give it to you? Don't go and do your own work. That was, that's usually my response. You know when that changed? God showed me himself that he's actually going to do the wealth transfer. I'm saying, this thing is true. Say it's true. Do you know the problem? He's looking for who to trust. And I'm like, how can that be too hard? Come to God's favorite house. There are plenty of people there. He says, are you sure? I'm like, ah, uh-uh. ah. And I can begin to mention names. I feel like I'm telling you this. Listen, I'm praying and I'm saying to God, and I, I said to God, God, look no further. Here we are in God's favorite house. We will receive it and we will not fail the test. Can God trust you? Please ask your neighbor. How to pass the test is simple. It's, it's just transpose how to fail the test. How to fail the test is thinking that everything, every increase belongs to me, Right? How do you pass the test? Knowing that everything I have plus the increase belongs to God, let God determine how. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to, 20, 17 to 19, a text that, has, that we've been using for the past four weeks. It says, teach those that are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is unreliable. Their trust should be in who? In God. Who richly gives all, us all we need for what? For enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good, what? Foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. The fool thinks by storing up my money, I will be securing a good foundation for my future. And God says that's a fool. But God is saying, 
for you to secure a good foundation for the future, do good. Help people. Lift up those that are down. Then you will be storing up a good foundation for the future. And, you know, like I said, I see people responding properly in God's favor, and I'm excited about some people, but I'm concerned about some people, but I'm praying that all of us will get it in Jesus' name. That God will not look for another group of people. That he will just say, okay, I'm going to work with these guys. We sent missionaries to Sierra Leone, right? And they are there and they have fantastic testimonies. Praise the name of the Lord. We, but some, some, some people came to me and said, okay, Pastor, I would like to go, but my work schedule will not allow me to go. I'm a busy businessman, you know, but I want to pay for somebody to go. I'm like, oh, wow. And he pays for someone to go. And a couple comes to me and says, oh, Pastor, we would like to go, but we are busy at work, but we want to pay for two people to go. I'm like, that is how to be rich. We didn't even take up an offering, did we? No. People buy themselves. So, the people that are there, some of them, the church just paid for it. Why? Because there are people, other people that have come and said, we will pay for it. That is how to be rich. So we're going to say this together, which we've, we've been saying together from the beginning, even though we've been expanding it, and we'll keep expanding it, or rather, today's the last day, but we've been expanding it for the first um, series. We're going to say this together. Let's say it together. One, two goes on the screen. God has blessed us more than we need. We are grateful. We are rich. But we will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides for us. Because we have more, we will give more and do more. Say, because I have more, I will give more and I will do more. How do you give more? Pastor, I mean, look at my income. How do I give more? I'm going to teach you how you are going to give more. From the word of God. How do I give more? How do I give more? How do I give more? Simple. You give more by creating margin. Everybody say margin. You give more by creating margin. Proverbs 21, 20. I'm going to explain what margin is. I'm going to explain how to create margin. Proverbs 21, 20 says, In the house of of the wise are what? Stores of choice food and oil. But a foolish man divorces all he has. The man that divorces all he has is what? Is a foolish man. Is a foolish man. How do I create margin? Back to our illustration. This is my income. This is my standard of living, right? God increases my income. How do I create margin? You create margin by earning more and spending less. How do I create margin? Again, how do I create margin? Earning more and how do I create margin? By earning more and say it again. By earning more and spending less. So, God has given me the breakthrough. I've earned more. How do I create margin? Is it by stepping up? By spending less. I may be like this. And I may be from here, and God has created margin. There may be some things I need to get, but I will still spend less. I won't come here, but I will still be here, right? Then 
God will go in service happens or something else happens and boah, God opens the door and I have margin. More margin. What do I do? Spend less. For some of us, it's okay to just stay here. We need to get one or two things. But it's fine. Then God blesses us again. Then God looks down and God sees the margin. And God can use it. God always uses people that have created margin. Always. Always. And God wants us to create margin, not spend more, uh, earn more, spend less. Not only with our money, also with our time. But before we look at that, how do you spend less? I'm not going to talk more about how to earn more because this is not about how to get rich. God will give you the breakthroughs in Jesus' name and you earn more and more. But how do you spend less? How do you spend less? You spend less by simply saying no. Everyone say no. Say no as if you mean it. No. Say no with an attitude. No. Say no like a toddler. No. <laughs> Have you seen a little boy or a little girl not wanting to do what you tell them to do? He says, take this thing over there. No. Buy a new dress. You already have a good car. But because this lady that told me that she wants to buy an X6, if you see the car she's driving, should I tell you the car? You will know the lady if I tell you the car. Because the car is not common. At least not in the car park. So an SUV is a very nice car, practically new. And what she, when she gets the wind for, guess what she wanted to buy? What should she say? No. Say it loud and clear. No. no. So that she can have margin. You know, and like I said, first person experience. If you are, if you, are, if you are a married man here, you will know one thing that I know. I've known this thing for how many years? Twelve years plus. That I've been married. There's one thing you will know. You will know that women are anointed to shop. Married men, am I lying? Oh yeah, now help a brother, help a brother here, help a brother. You know, <laughs> they are anointed to shop. You know, it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing because God gave us our money to enjoy. But as a man, you have to learn to say. No, let's practice it. Everyone say no. no. Practice it. Say no. no. When you get to when they rub your head, don't say yes. <laughs> when your wife rubs her head, they say, hey, "What did you say? What were you saying, you church said? You want to say no, but you are like yes. <laughs> you have to be the man and say no. Anyway, the key thing is to spend less. You must learn how to say no. Some things you just have to say no to. You just have to say no to them. And God wants you to create margin by by what? Earning more, spending less. You create margin by earning more, spending less. And God can use people with margin. God cannot use people that don't have margin, even with their time. God wants you to create margin with your time. Take Ananias, the guy God called and says, go and pray for Paul. 
son of Tarsus, that he will receive his sight. Remember that story in Acts chapter 9. Ananias had margin with his time. He was available to God. Some of us, we are too busy for God. We are too busy for God. We are too busy. We are even too busy to have a quiet time to just 15 minutes pray. We are too busy. We have this meeting. They have that meeting. I have to be in Abuja. Then I have to be at Yakaduno. Then I have to be at Oweri. Then I have to be at Onija. Then I have to be in Lagos. Then I have to be in Kutonu. Then I have to be... Your wife cannot even say, let me talk to you for like one hour. Nothing. I just want to chat with you. So you are wasting my time. Your wife. We need to repent. Say amen. We need to repent. Because you don't have margin. God cannot even say to you, go, I want you to go and pray for this person. Because you are not even there. You are not available. God cannot say, I've anointed you. I want you to go and pray for this person. You're not there. No margin. <laughs> I create margin with my life, with my time, with my, you know. You have to create margin. You know why? Because everybody has, okay, with money, it's easy. You buy, it's easy in the sense that you can get more money. You can get more money. But with time, you know, everybody has 24 hours. You know, how do you create margin? It's simple, let me tell you. I listen. I didn't have time to say this in the first worship experience. The second worship experience, I'll say it. Because it's, I mean, margin. Everybody has 24 hours a day, yes. So, Pastor, how do you have time to do this? How do you have time to do that? How do you have time to do this? It's simple. Everybody has 24 hours a day, but not everybody has the same level of energy at every time in the day. So, rather than managing your time so tightly, why don't you manage your energy? Why don't you do the most important things when you have your highest energy? And you see how much you can do. Then when you have your downward lethargic times, so manage your energy. Some of us, we are morning people. We need to get to the office by 7 a.m. And between 7 and 11, we are at our peak. Then from 12, we just begin to daydream. So what do you do? If you take me to the office, 7 in the morning, ah, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> because I won't do anything. I won't be focused. I will just be thinking about, you know, I need to be quiet I, at that time. I just need to be quiet. I need to be alone. You need to know what your strengths are. Praise the name of the Lord. So, when you create margin, then you ask God to use it. God uses people with margin. We've talked about Ananias. Look at Peter. God could say, go to Cornelius' house. Go and pray. Go and lead him. Go and baptize him in the Holy Spirit. You need to create margin. How do you create margin? By. How do you create margin? By. Earning more and spending less. You create margin by earning more and spending less. And when we create margin so that God can work, the more margin we create, the more God can what? The more God can what? The more God can work through us. The more margin we create, the more God can work through us. The more margin we create, the more God can work through us. We create margin 
By the grace of God, as a church. Why? Because as a church, by the grace of God, we create my, we are just two years, right? As a church, by the grace of God. But because we create margin as a church, we are able to help the poor. We are able to give money to people, empower people. We are able to support churches, other churches that have been existing for decades. We are supporting churches here in Nigeria. We are supporting churches in the U.S. We are supporting churches where else? In Sierra Leone. And by the grace of God, we are planting God's favorite house, South Africa, in Cape Town. This month, we are starting. Into next month. If I tell you how much it is to start a church in South Africa, you'll be shocked. Why are we able to do that? Why? Because we have leverage. How are we able to create leverage? Because we stay where God has put us. Oh, you think we can't buy new cars? Oh, you think we can't buy private jets? Pastor, so we have enough money to buy private jets. Yes. In Jesus' name, say amen. <laughs> but you, 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 listen, but by the grace of God, we've chosen to have margin so that God can have more to work with. Not because there are not needs to be, wants to be satisfied. Of course, and it is insatiable, as we explained from last week. But because as a church, we've chosen to have margin Churches that are 80 years old can come and say, oh, we are in this trouble, financial trouble, come and help us. And we write the check for them, $4,000, take. Why? Why? Why am I saying telling you that much? Because are we not in this thing together? We're in church. Because we have margin. You need to have margin in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. You need to have margin in your life. Stop and check. How do I have margin? I earn more and how do I have margin again? I and how do I learn to spend less? I learn to say I learn to say no. But as some of us here, we need to say yes to Jesus. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads as we round off this teaching. We need to say yes to Jesus. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You have never given your life to Jesus. Or you used to be born again. You are backslidden. You are saying, but pastor, I want to come back to God. I want to come back to God. Yes, I want to pray with you wherever you are. You don't need to come forward. I just need to know you are there and I'll pray with you where you are seated. Pastor, that is me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to say yes to Jesus. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, I will pray together. Quickly, I've gone far, but I'm coming back. If you're putting up your hand, put up your hand well, 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 well. Over your head. Over your head. At the gallery, put it up over your head. Over your head, over your head. God bless you. Don't, don't just, don't just, God bless you, God bless you. Don't just put it on your head, God bless you. At the gallery, put it up. Put it up well. In the auditorium, put it up and take the card. Online, the instructions are scrolling. If you have the card, please put on your hand and talk to God. And talk to God. Jesus, come into my life. The rest of us, I want you to pray. If you look at your life and you say, I, I don't even have margin in my life. I want you to pray. That Lord, help me. I've seen the truth today, and that truth has set me free. Beginning from today, I will have margin so that I can do good, so that you will have more to work with in my life. I will have margin. I will have margin. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone that is in this place today. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you breathe upon us, that as people we will truly have margin in our lives, so that you will have 
what to work with. So that our lives will be a blessing to our generation. We pray for everyone that has surrendered to you, Lord Jesus. We ask that you breathe upon them, that you heal, deliver, save, and cleanse. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.